Welcome to Baseball and Beyond, presented by Masses Restaurants in St. Louis. And let's get right to our guest, one of my all-time favorites. I say it every time, and I mean it this time. Ken Rosenthal is on the phone. Hello, Ken. Brad, how do I know you mean it? <laughs> uh, you're my <laughs> Just kidding. You're my favorite sideline guy on MLB Network and Fox Sports. And now The Athletic, which is, uh, I think, why you're on this podcast today. You're, uh, you're out promoting and... Uh, I assume a lot of uh, videos coming from you from The Athletic, right? That's what you'll be doing, just videos, right? Well, in all seriousness, I will not be doing videos for The Athletic because there is no video on The Athletic. However, I will continue doing video for Fox Sports. So that's not going to change. My role there is not going to change. But The Athletic is purely a writing site, which is one of the reasons it was so appealing to me. So tell me a little bit about just the state of writing. Uh, we saw ESPN obviously kind of just dump everybody from John Clayton uh, to Buster Olney to Jason Stark, and, uh, and then Fox kind of did the same thing. It's kind of sad because it just seemed like you guys were uh, so so like visible for those networks, and they just kind of want the, uh, the yelling guys on their uh, Twitter sites and stuff like that, huh? Well, one thing, Buster is still writing for ESPN. That's <laughs> I true. Say that. True. Uh, Jason is not, you're right, and many others are not. Now, it's easy to criticize these companies, and certainly guys like me, we don't necessarily agree with the idea of no writers, right? I mean, that's pretty basic. But at the same time, these companies are trying to figure out how to make money off the Internet, and no one really has done that yet, at least not in the sports world. Not to anyone's satisfaction. You've seen the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, some larger media newspapers kind of figure it out and do well with subscriptions online. But for the most part, it hasn't happened that way. So if you're a Fox and you're, I'll just speak for Fox a little bit. If you're Fox and you want to obviously make money, you're in a business and a written website or a site with a lot of writers isn't really doing it for you and is actually costing you money and you can make money doing video. And I'm not saying they can or can't. I'm just trying to give you the logic that I think is taking place. You're going to do that. And I don't know that it's a statement on the written word having no value. It's a statement on the difficulty of monetizing it. So then you have something like The Athletic. Now, this is a new model. And people have said to me, Ken, why would you go behind a paywall? We've always gotten your work for free, we can get other work for free elsewhere. Undoubtedly all true. However, you just mentioned it, Brad, Jason, myself, we lost our written jobs at these free websites. Well, if that's going to continue, guess what? Guys like us, at least, are not going to be available on free websites. So it's either a subscription website, some other model, or nothing at all. And that's kind of where I am with it. Well, we'll be reading you. I'll be looking for that, and we'll talk a little more about that move in a, in a little bit. But just uh, real quick, I guess, baseball 2017, postseason looks like it's going to be fun. Uh, Dodgers, Nats, uh, National League, along with the Cubs kind of coming on, and then the American League seems like it's wide open. Red Sox, Astros, a uh, ton of wild card teams. Is that how you see uh, you see it being fun, and do you have a favorite uh, as, we hear, as we talk here at the end of August? The Dodgers have to be the favorite. I can't see how you don't see them that way. But the playoffs are interesting. You never know how it's going to play out. And you can see, as we saw in 2001, a dominant team like the Dodgers lose in the postseason because the 
postseason, as Billy Bean said years ago, is a crapshoot. Now, the Dodgers seem to be, because of their depth in every aspect of their team, almost immune to that kind of thing. But who knows? Let's say in the NLCS, just for example, Kershaw loses game one, pressure's on Darvish in game two. Darvish doesn't really have that much experience in that kind of atmosphere. Who knows where it goes? So that's the beauty of the game in many ways. And while I do see the Dodgers as kind of the prohibitive favorite, we all know, any of us who cover the game or watch the game as fans, that things can happen in October that you don't necessarily anticipate. Yeah, I'd rather be the hot team going in. I, I, I like what the Dodgers do. They're fun. They're fun to watch. But, boy, as a Cardinal fan, this is sort of Cardinal-centric, we've seen it before. The teams that won 100 wins, those are the teams that have not won world championships here. It's the ones that got hot in 06 in 2011. I did want to ask you, we are talking Cardinals, and uh, you know we, we talk – ad nauseum about kind of getting a big bat. And so Giancarlo Stanton's name comes up and Machado's name comes up. And I know that's kind of out of, uh, they're not free agents. They have to be traded. Machado's uh, coming up as a free agent in a couple years. But you know, give me give me some hope that the Cardinals would make a move like that. Or tell me what you think if you hear that kind of talk. We heard Stanton says, you know, I like the Coasts. Um, but tell me a little bit, are they, are they even going to let him go? Give me a little, or even Ozuna, just uh, thoughts on what uh, what the Cardinals could do, especially with those two big names. Well, Ozuna is most realistic simply because he's the most affordable. Two years of control at arbitration salaries versus $295 million over 10 years for Stanton or whatever Machado will command as a free agent. The Cardinals are not, by any stretch of the imagination, a poor team. You see the ballpark, lots of fans, you see Ballpark Village, this, these guys are doing okay, they've got a good TV deal, um, but at the same time, uh, historically, they have not gone very heavy on the free agent market and in deals like that in general, so I don't know where they're going with it, obviously they need a big bat, there are all kinds of ways to get big bats, and... We'll just have to see. It's hard for Brad to know. But their historic preference has been to stay away from those kinds of massive contracts. Really, they don't have, outside of Holiday, you tell me, have they had a $100 million contract? I don't think so. Pujols' second contract, oh, maybe? but uh, Pujols' first contract. Yes, that was exactly 100 actually. Yeah. So, yeah, they've done it. They haven't done it often. And they did it for Albert Pujols once, and they did it for Matt Holiday. Those were great players. And they were going to do it for David Price, but they get this threshold, and that's why it's probably, yeah, they'll maybe get in the mix if there is a, a play for Machado. But we we just well, we think Price, that it sounds like they were up around 195 million, and who knows if Price would have said I'm coming, maybe they would have gone to 210. I don't know, but it seemed that Boston just blew everyone out of the water with where they went, and yes, the Cardinals were second in that, but. That did show willingness to invest in that kind of player. So, And even the Hayward bid did as well. They were way up there on Hayward. So I'm not saying they're unwilling. I wouldn't say that's fair to say. But historically, they have not been that keen on the idea, and they have not come up with one of these guys just yet. This is just a gut-feeling question then. So let's say it's season 2020, and we're talking about Stanton, Machado, Harper. Harper probably... We're gonna. Uh, we're just gonna. He, he's a cub. We're just gonna say he's a cub. I think that's where he's going. I think Chris Bryan will work on him. Where do you think Stanton, Machado, and Harper are in, in 2020? 
Well, it's impossible to say, and I hate to be evasive, but I don't know. And Come on, Ken! <laughs> <laughs> well, Brad, if Joe Strauss was still alive and still here, he'd tell you that was a ridiculous question. Why are you even asking me that? But seriously, these guys are free agents after this season. Or next season, I should say, 2018. And we know the Yankees are going to be in the mix for one of them. They've been trying to get under the luxury tax threshold so they can play in that field without getting penalized too heavily. I would expect one of those guys goes there. I would expect the Cubs will be active, but it's impossible to predict free agency. It's impossible to predict even this year. If you ask me right now, where's Jake Arrieta going? Well, Jake Arrieta is a free agent in a couple of months. I should, in theory, have a better idea, right? But no, I have no idea. He'll go to the highest bidder. I feel confident saying that, but that's about it. And by the time Harper and Machado come out, a team like Philadelphia should be ready to spend, and other teams as well. So I don't know, Brad. I wouldn't even be as confident about Harper to the Cubs as you seem to be because it's just really difficult to say. I'm not that confident. I just like saying it because it makes it makes the Cardinals have to do something. But uh, I'm, cu- I'm curious about just your business and the, the, the way you work and the way you do uh, have to scoop and kind of get these these trade deals and especially trade deadline time or winter winter meetings. What tell me the process that goes through with that? Are you uh, is it fifty fifty? You're more friendly with the agents, the GMs. Who's giving you the most information? Is it a split? I mean, it seems like the agents obviously get you that that the the numbers. Tell me a little bit about just getting the scoops and having great relationships, and then and and then these guys wanting to tell you what they're doing. Joe Strauss would shoot down this question as well. <laughs> and actually, Brad, all due respect, I'm, I'm being serious, and you're you're perfectly right to ask that question. I've been asked it before. A lot of people want to know, but I never talk about process. It's kind of my thing, and I do it a certain way. Not that it's rocket science or anything like that, but I talk to a zillion people. That's basically all I ever say. And a lot of times, it's so interesting that if I break something, people, well, I'll give you an example. I just wrote a story about the Braves for the athletic yesterday. It's about kind of some disruption in their front office and dysfunction and all that kind of thing. And everyone's trying to guess the sources, guess the sources. That's the game people play. And sometimes they're wrong. And oftentimes they're wrong. I mean, sometimes they're right. Oftentimes they're wrong. So I just don't talk about it. Um, It's kind of, a private thing in my view, and I hope you understand. No, it's the magic. You're like David Blaine. Although it was, I wouldn't say it's magic. <laughs> it's work. No, but and I will. I don't. I don't want to. By not talking about it, I don't want to give that impression. Well, no. it's simply work, and this and is it's hard work. But it, it's not anything that you know mystical or anything like that. Well, it'd be like me asking John Mosellock. All right, so what are you going to do next? I totally understand why you say that. But Strauss was funny because. You mentioned Strauss, and everybody here knows Joe, and Joe would always, he'd even dig for, for me. I worked at Fox Sports Midwest for a long time, so sometimes I did have some information, like, oh, they're going to retire Tony LaRusso's number. Oh, David Freeze is in trouble. Mm-hmm. And you would hear, he'd come over to me, and I'd kind of give him a little bit. I'm like, wait a minute, he's using me as a source. Get out of here, Strauss. <laughs> well, I'm sure you were a primary source, but right. guys like Joe, guys like me, we get information from all kinds of places and some of them would really surprise you and if I ever write a book Brad and it probably won't happen until I'm about 90 maybe I'll talk about some of this stuff 
uh, because I'm sure people would find it very interesting, but I certainly am not going to talk about it while I'm still doing it. I, I totally understand. I got a few more minutes with you and I appreciate your time. So the Twitter scoreboard, is that sort of become what you guys look to is, you know, basically it seems like any sports fan is looking for breaking news. And if you can be the guy to break the news, it sort of is a feather in your cap. Is that, and I know you guys are pretty friendly, it seems like. So you'll, yes. you know, Bob Nightingale, just, just recently today, you guys both kind of had the Mike Leak thing. Um, just, is that kind of how people in your business sort of just look at how you're doing your job? Is, is there a Twitter scoreboard? Not obviously, Hey, it's five, nothing I'm leading, but you know what I mean? That's a fair question. And, this one I can answer at greater length with greater detail. I don't look at it quite like that. Obviously, it's an important part of my job. The MLB Network in particular likes to have me as an information person who can get this kind of thing. The Athletic, I don't know that they necessarily saw me that way. They want my writing. And now some of my writing involves news-type things. But to me... I do a lot of different things. Breaking news is one of them, and in some ways, not that important, considering that if I do break a story, everyone else is going to have it two minutes later. If it's a transaction, if it's a story about a team's dysfunction, like I just mentioned with the Braves, that's a little bit different. And actually, those are the kinds of stories now that I prefer to write because you can't chase them, because it's a real, true, old-time exclusive, if you want to call it that. Now, exclusive lasts a few minutes. Now, I say that, and I've even talked with editors of different places, and they've said to me, this stuff, the transaction stuff is useless. You guys shouldn't put so much energy in it. Uh, we want you to do this, etc." I understand that point of view, and I understand fans who say we don't care who's first. But to that, I counter, there are 900,000 people following me on Twitter. I don't think they're following me because I'm a great writer. I don't think they're following me because I'm on television. They're following me for information. So there's value in it somewhere. And I understand that value. And I understand that people look to me to do that. So it's a part of my job. I don't want it to be all of my job ever. I tell young people all the time, this is not what it's about. That is a product of everything else, of maintaining relationships, of being able to work sources, be able to write stories and communicate them effectively. That's just part of it. It's pretty cool. So MLB right now, I just looked a couple weeks ago just for fun, and I looked at their Twitter account, and then I looked at the NFL's Twitter account, and I looked at the NBA's, and those are off the charts, and MLB is, is distantly third. And I don't think that's, uh, you know, it's not a – doesn't say what's with the game, but are, I mean, they're really trying hard. We saw Players Weekend with the, the nicknames. What, what do you think the MLB is right now? Um, is, are, are there issues? I know they're very big on wanting to promote stars. Uh, they, they're very big on obviously wanting to have ratings like the NFL. But it, to me, it just seems like this has always been a localized sport with you know a Sunday game of the week where you kind of want to see what Trout's doing, but you don't have to watch his game. I remember when the Blue Jays were good in 89 and 90, they showed their games a lot here in St. Louis on Saturdays, and I knew who George Bell was, and I knew Jesse Barfield and Jimmy Key, but I didn't need to see them. I mean, it's always sort of seemed like it's localized. What is? What are your thoughts on just where MLB is? Are they trying too hard? Do you think they're kind of doing the right thing? And what, what, in five years, what's the issues? 
I wouldn't say they're trying too hard. It's important to try. You always want to build your audience, and that's important. Now, I agree with you that essentially it is a local sport, and by that, what we both mean is St. Louis Cardinals fans, they care about the Cardinals. They don't really care about the rest of the sport. There's no LeBron James type thing going on here where the people just can't wait to watch the superstar play. It's a different sport. It's 162 games. The basis for revenue is largely local, be it attendance, local TV deals. So that, to me, is something that makes baseball unique. It's not a bad thing. And I know there's always a lot of talk. My friend Jason Stark has written extensively about this. The face of baseball. Who's the face of baseball? I don't look at it that way. Cardinal fans want to know who the face of the Cardinals is. Yeah, they don't care who the face of baseball is. Same in every other city. So that's a healthy thing. That's something that baseball shouldn't run from, but it does present some complications. The national TV deals maybe aren't going to be as big in some respects because it's not the same as the NFL, right? The NFL is certainly a national type thing every Sunday, etc. Now, not that the baseball TV deals are bad. They're very lucrative. But what they're trying to do is simply appeal more, I think, to younger people. And that is something that is a concern. They, all the numbers point to most fans being older, or at least a greater percentage of fans. And while there are plenty of young people who like baseball, you always want more because that's the future. And Players Weekend, that kind of thing, that's where I think that is going. Yep. Winding down, last couple seconds here. I wanted to kind of ask... Favorite moment, favorite story you've written, favorite kind of player you've been around. You were with Baltimore for a long time, Baltimore Sun with Joe, uh, a great writing staff there. Do you have any favorite, when someone says, oh, tell me your favorite moment around, that's, I know it's such a cliche question, but. No, I mean, it's my, a good question. Okay. And actually, I always say the same thing, and it's an answer that I don't expect will ever change because I've covered some amazing things. From the Cardinals World Series when Freeze hit the homer and all this stuff. Uh, or the, That's my favorite, by the way, in case, any, I'm sure it is. In case anybody cares. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I've covered World Series, All-Star Games, Olympic Games, Super Bowls, NBA Finals, you name it. I covered pretty much everything before I became just a baseball person. My favorite moment, though, is still the same. And it's Cal Ripken breaking the consecutive games record at Camden Yards in 1995. I was a columnist for the Sun. I was fairly young columnist, 33, almost 33 at the time. And it was a big deal personally because back then there was no internet and writers came in from all over the country and I knew that they would be reading me and there was a lot of pressure for a number of reasons. It was an event that was attended by not just the president but by the vice president as well. Clinton and Gore. Joe DiMaggio was there. It was that day for actually maybe even a couple of days, the biggest thing ever in sports. So the biggest thing in sports, not ever. So beyond all that, it turned out to be a beautiful night and people remember what they remember about it, but the victory lap and all of that. And I remember coming home and I tell this story all the time too. And my wife was watching on TV, not really a big fan, but she was watching that night because everyone in Baltimore was for sure. And she said, hey, you know, I was really happy you got to cover that because there's a lot of things you get to cover, <laughs> you have to cover that are not so positive. 
And this was really positive. And it's not that Cal was my favorite player or anything like that. In fact, I didn't have the best relationship with Cal. But that night was just such a magical night and so important to me in my career. Not that it got me anywhere, but it was just a big night. And that's the one I always say. And to this, I, I will add one thing. A lot of times people say of the media, you guys write negative things because that's what sells papers. That phrase is not used as often anymore, but you've heard that over the years. Well, the best-selling newspaper in Baltimore Sun history is September 7th, 1995, the day after Ripken broke the record. And I don't believe we were making up negative things, as people often accuse us of doing, to sell papers in that particular edition. I'm going to have I have that one because I have family up there and I have so much Cal Ripken stuff because they lived up there and they I was a huge baseball fan they sent me all that stuff. So that's an interesting uh interesting thing. So uh the Athletic you uh you mentioned it that's your new venture and uh it's, it sounds like you wrote something about the Braves and if you want people to read it and uh can you want if you want to tease it, it sounds like there's some turmoil with the Atlanta Braves yeah, can't basically about well, teams this time of year Brad often make Personnel moves in the front office. The Braves just made a, n- a number of them. I found out about them, and that's part of the story. But the bigger part is there seems to be, in the front office, a sentiment among John Hart and John Coppolella, they're the president and GM, they want to go to kind of a new era of Braves, beyond where they were before, beyond where John Shareholds was. And it's like a departure. And there's a little bit of tension in that regard as well the old and the new, the conflict that's taking place there. So I wrote that yesterday. I had a notes column tonight, or it's all up right now. No Cardinals in it. I'm sorry. I don't get to every team, every column. <laughs> but I'm sure we're writing plenty about the Cardinals in due time. All right, Ken, we're going to hold you to that Cardinal coverage, and uh, we'll look forward to it in The Athletic. I'm going to let him go so I can talk about my sponsors and talk a little bit more about The Athletic. The Athletic, uh, again, Ken Rosenthal's just starting there uh, last week, but you can read him there. And I believe there will be some more news coming about that that website, The Athletic, uh, in due time. And I think St. Louisans will be very excited to hear about it. I can only say that and nothing else, but I do have a little birdie telling me some, some interesting stuff there. Uh, also want to let you know that my sponsor is Masses Restaurants, my favorite place, my favorite food in all of st louis is masses restaurants they have five locations you can find them by just going to the website stl masses m-a-s-s-a-s dot com stl com no baloney in the cannelloni five locations they've got pizza pasta steaks fish sandwiches great bartenders wonderful host staff your waiter your waitresses they'll be attentive They'll get your food right, and you'll just have a great time. If you're going there for a date, going there for a party, it's everything you want in one restaurant. I know we have a lot of listeners across so many different areas. I see people in Australia. I see these stats. I see people living, listening in India, Canada. That means I could use more sponsors. I could definitely use more sponsors. If, you want to be, if you're interested in getting people from Canada to kind of use your product, or Australia, or many of the folks who live here in St. Louis, get a hold of me. You can find me uh, just by commenting on this podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Brad Straubinger, S-T-R-A-U-B-I-N-G-E-R. I also have a YouTube channel that I'm promoting a little bit more lately. 
and uh, it's ST Weekly is my name, but just Google Johnny Bench Angry. It's the first video that comes up. Click my name, write a comment there, and I'll see that you commented, but uh, definitely looking for more sponsors either here or there. That YouTube channel has over 800,000 views, so there, there is some, there's some reason to uh, get behind and, and sponsor this up. I'm an entrepreneur, and I'm just trying to make a little cash here uh, for fun. This is what I like doing. Hope you enjoy it. It's Baseball and Beyond. More interviews coming this fall. Just keep looking there on iTunes, on Stitcher, on TuneIn. And I appreciate you listening. And we'll talk to you soon.